0: Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I'm Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast.
1: Our gospel lesson today is from John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, but the disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen. Wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed For as yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead Then the disciple returned to their homes But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb and as she wept she bent over to look into the tomb woman why are you weeping whom are you looking for supposing him to be the gardener she said to him sir if you have carried him away tell me where you have laid him and i will take him away jesus said to her mary she turned and said to him in hebrew rabboni which means teacher
0: Yeah, is Easter, today is Easter, and how wonderful it is to be together and to celebrate together, to sing together, how wonderful the sound has been in here this morning, all these voices raised together in song, how wonderful the sound is when the people of God, the beloved community, is gathered together in worship and in praise and imagine having that sound be a regular part of your lives especially if you don't have a spiritual home yet imagine having this kind of experience every Sunday all of us here to celebrate Easter to celebrate resurrection to celebrate new life to celebrate God's love on this day that we remember that the tomb was empty Mary went to the tomb and found it to be empty. And not just empty, but also that the stone that had been in front of it had already been rolled away when Mary showed up. The stone was gone, the tomb was exposed to the light. Think of that stone that was in front of the tomb as, as working as a kind of defense maybe between life and death, as a barrier between light and darkness. You know, put the the stone there so I don't have to see the darkness. The way we might put stones uh, in our own lives. Put the stone in front of this so I don't have to see the darkness in my own life. Or put the stone there to cover up the things I don't like. Or maybe put the stone there to cover up the things that cause me anxiety so I don't have to look at them, so I don't have to see them. So I can pretend that they're not there anymore. Put the dead body in the tomb and put the stone over it so the taint of death, that unhideable fact of death, is hidden away. Or we think hidden away and we don't have to think about it. We can think of it as something that's over there. Something we don't maybe have to deal with. But then Jesus rolls that stone away. Or has it rolled away? It could have been an angel, someone else uh, in, in God's employ and think of it. Uh, someone rolled that stone away, either Jesus or one of the angels or something. I can picture Jesus rolling that, that away saying, no, 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 no. Don't try to hide what's happened here. Don't try to hide this. I am the Lord. I am the Lord of life. I am the Lord in the realm of death. I am the Lord of light who, who expels all darkness. I am the Lord of all. So don't try to hide this. This is reality. This tomb is as much a reality as all of the wonderful things in life, It's all of the good parts of life. So let's be honest about it and be, because I, Jesus, am sovereign over all of it. With Jesus, there's no hiding. There's no hiding. We can't pretend with Jesus. Jesus knows who we are. Jesus knows our name, knows what we've done, knows who we are, knows us intimately and fully, and loves us. Just because we are made by God, because we exist, Jesus loves us. No matter how many stones we roll in front of our dark places to pretend that they aren't there or to just put them out of sight or to try to hide it from other people or even to hide it from ourselves. Jesus knows. And Jesus wants to redeem it. Jesus wants to show love and help dispel those dark places and until that stone is moved away, it'll be a source of worry, of anxious suffering, of shame. Jesus loves rolling away those stones, loves rolling away the stones that we put in front of things and Jesus is is all about taking away from us whatever it is that blocks us from full life from fully experiencing the life that God intends for us, that God wants for us. Jesus loves being part of our lives. Not being sequestered away, but Jesus meets us in life, in our lives. Jesus wants to be part of our lives because Jesus loves you. That's the simple truth it's a big truth of Easter. That's a big truth that we in the church proclaim. Jesus loves you. And so much that even death could not keep him away from us. That even though we crucified him a couple days ago, death could not keep him away from us. So desperate to be part of our lives that he came back from the dead, and it's at our stones that Jesus meets us. I think that that's a place that Jesus meets us so uh, more fully. It's in our dark places, in our places of suffering, our places of pain. Jesus isn't waiting until we're perfect and perfectly happy to come to us. Jesus comes to us where there is pain, where there is suffering, where is God. God is wherever there is suffering in the world. It's at our stone that Jesus meets us, the Lord of light does his best work in our darkness. That's redemption. Jesus had to come back from the dead. He had to roll away that stone of separation and had to stand there at the tomb so that he could be with us, so that he could call out to one of his disciples with her name, Mary, Mary. Mary. It's so personal and so intimate. That's a God who wants to enter into our lives. Not an abstract, distant God. But a close one. A God so close that he sees us, knows our name, isn't afraid to use it. Mary. Mary! Or Joe, or Charlie, or David, or Sarah, Jennifer, Lucy, whatever your name is. Imagine Jesus saying your name, calling to you, because he is, he is, he knows our names. And there's this moment here that Mary does not recognize Jesus. And, and we might think that's, that's odd and uh, maybe it is but I don't know, maybe it's not so odd that she doesn't recognize him because we expect dead things to stay dead. She saw Jesus be crucified, saw him put into the tomb. There's no reason that she should think to be looking for Jesus among the living. We expect dead things to stay dead, so why should we think that the living man would be the one that she's looking for? So she thinks it's the gardener. Ah, must be the gardener. Although I wonder if as she was looking at the gardener, if she had the thought, boy, he does look an awful lot like Jesus, though. But in her head thinking, boy, it sure looks like Jesus, but it can't be because I saw him die. And I know someone's taken his body because there's nothing in the tomb. But he says her name, Mary, Mary. And a memory is triggered. How many times has she heard him say her name? How many times has he said her name to her? And there is such power in her name, in a name, our names why so in our street ministry, one of the first things that we do is to learn people's names as we're working with the people that live on the street, learn their names and use their names because it's so important, both that they know that they are known and also important that we know them and that they know us. That's community. That's the beloved community that we know one another. And for a people who have little, for a people that don't have much, a name is an incredibly important possession. A name is one of the f- few things that is so linked to who we are and to our identity. Name is so, so important. And one of the few things that cannot be taken away Or that can enrage us so much when people try to take it away by calling us by a different name or giving numbers to prisoners or uh, other forms of trying to steal people's identity or to just label them as homeless or woman or gay or whatever it is instead of by name. Names have power. And the name is that one thing that should never be taken away from us no matter how much else we might lose. And so Jesus says, Mary! Mary! And she knows who he is. Like recognizing the voice of a loved one over the phone or someone knocking on your door and announcing who they are and calling your name or calling you from across a room. That sense of... That moment of hearing your name and recognizing the voice of the one who's saying it. And in that moment when Jesus says, Mary, and she recognizes him, I think it's a moment there that her world is changed. Distinctions that she, shot, that she thought mattered are shattered. Between life and death, between what she thought was possible and what really is possible what God is about, and what God is truly about. And maybe you can see the neurons firing in her brain, rewriting the narrative of what she thought was possible. She hears the name and she goes, that sounds like Jesus, this man looking in front of me. Maybe even looks like Jesus, but I saw him die. I saw him die. I saw him put into the tomb and the stone rolled over it, and yet I know this morning the tomb is empty, so Jesus is gone. At least I know the body's not there. The linens are there, so probably no one stole the body. They wouldn't take the time to fold up the linens and make it all look nice and tidy in there. They're thinking, trying to make sense of all of this and the realization come in. He is alive. This is Jesus standing in front of me. She recognizes him, the stone of her assumptions about death have been rolled away, the stone of her despair over the power of state-sponsored violence has been rolled away, the stone of her hopelessness, or whatever she may have been feeling that day, all rolled away. And she comes into this new life with Jesus, she's ushered in by speaking her name, he invites her into the community of God's realm. Where all ideas of separation and loss and difference are shown to be nothing but illusion, she is brought into the divine whole, into the divine community. And as are also we brought into that community through the good news of Easter, a promise that it's impossible to die alone, a promise that death is not the end because we live in Jesus Christ Jesus who meets us at the tomb the tombs of our life Serene Jones Serene Jones is the president of the seminary I went to and she wrote this about uh, Jesus meeting Mary at the tomb and speaking her name here this is the shared space where Jesus meets us Calling our name, receiving our touch, calming our anxious worries, and reminding us again and again that grace is not an object to be known, but a gift to be lived. And Mary leaves the tomb to announce to a broken, suffering, tomb-filled world to say the words, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord and so can we say, I have seen the Lord. Let Jesus roll away those stones that keep us in the tomb that God never intended for us because we're made to live. We are made to be loved and you are loved. No conditions, all our faults and foibles, we are loved, you are loved. So much that Jesus came back from the dead to roll away a stone and to speak your name and restore you to the beloved community. To bring you into the beloved community of all people. And I, and I invite you to continue to be part of the beloved community. Don't necessarily have to make a lifetime commitment, but maybe for April, for the next three Sundays, I invite you to come back Be part of this beloved community of Plymouth. Come back for the next three Sundays. I'm going to be talking about stones and barriers and the things that block us from full life and Jesus that wants us to live because we are loved. And this week, I offer you the invitation to continue coming but also offer an invitation to you to think about this encounter that Mary has with Jesus. She is looking right at him, but not recognizing him until, she, until he says her name. Mary, when have you recognized Jesus? I don't want to call it a homework assignment, but a spiritual practice for you for this week. Think about, when have you seen the Lord? When has the Lord called your name? When have you heard, felt, seen the Lord? And how can you say to a world, I have seen the Lord, through our actions, through the way that we show love to the world. So as you ponder all those, I offer you the blessing that may may you all know the risen Jesus today and all days. May you know the risen Jesus, the Jesus who loves you, May you know Jesus this day and all days, for you are beloved, and you are part of the beloved community. Amen. And happy Easter. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m.,
1: And I invite you also to check out our website at
0: pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.